0: Thank you and welcome to Scripture on Creation. I'm Scott Kump. And I'm Dr. Ben Scripture. Today, Dr. Scripture, we are continuing our study of creation in the book of Job.
1: A very appropriate subject given the name of this program, don't you Mm -hmm. think, Scott? Scripture on Creation. This great book of Scripture, Job, has a lot of information on creation. And so that's what we're doing, seeing what the Bible says,
0: not what I say about creation. Well, that's true. And Job is especially relevant to our radio program because, as you've pointed out on more than one occasion, (laughs) Job refers more to creation, or I think you could say it refers to God as the creator more than any other book in the Bible. I think so. And what we're
1: going to focus on in this program specifically bears out what you just said, concerning the references to God as creator in Job, Scott. And by that I mean, God even has a special name in Job, and consistently, Mm. when this name of God is used, the context or identity of God that is being emphasized is his power and might— which is especially
0: demonstrated in his work in and his control and rule over creation. Okay, Dr. Scripture, I think I know the special name of God that you're getting at. Mm. It's El Shaddai, correct? El Shaddai, that's it, Scott. El
1: Shaddai, one of the Hebrew names of God, which translated means God
0: Almighty. And it's hard to come up with a more appropriate designation in one word than... Almighty when describing what it means to be the creator and not the kind of creator or creators like the various mythological gods we were talking about a few programs ago, (laughs) you know. Well, we should point out most of the gods in those other stories were themselves created beings or accidental beings, they were not necessarily the creators. They were not the eternal beings, the God of the Bible. And a lot of the creation was by accident. I think one God threw up and <laughs> you, think, you know, you, you kill another God and then his body parts become the earth. And yeah, from one cases, God is
1: killing another God. No, who's almighty in all this mess?
0: Yeah. And how man gets created does often varies. A lot of times it's done by a lesser God and the chief mm. God resents that. And there's just all kinds of weirdness there. Yeah. So that
1: whole idea of polytheism, really dictates against the idea of an almighty, omnipotent God. So, uh, those gods certainly are not almighty, as God (laughs) is described in the Bible. So, let's look at some of the references to God as El Shaddai in Job. And first, let me give some statistics to reinforce this assertion I've made that Shaddai is God's special name in Job. You know, we might think that Shaddai, God Almighty, is a rather common identity for him, but actually, it's not that common in the Bible. In the Old Testament, of course, and it's El Shaddai, that's the Hebrew word, Mm -hmm. but in the Old Testament, Shaddai only occurs 48 times, but 31 of those 48 occurrences are in the book of Job. So you can see that, I mean, that really is the common name for God, even though El and Yahweh occur more than Shaddai, that's his special identity in the book of Job.
0: I think early on in this series, this was one of the reasons you cited for saying that most scholars think Job was one of the first books of the Bible written. That's right,
1: because the other place where Shaddai occurs frequently, comparatively, is in the book of Genesis Ah. with the patriarchs. Then, of course, in the New Testament, Shaddai isn't the original word, it's Greek. And yet in the New Testament, The word that's translated Almighty only occurs 10 times, and 9 out of 10 of those occurrences are in the book of Revelation. But we're going to be spending our time in the Old Testament. We're going to be spending our time in the book of Job. So then let's look at some of the specific verses where this name is used. And the first reference actually isn't by Job, but it's by one of his friends, Eliphaz. And what Eliphaz is doing is he's responding to Job's lament, where he's wishing that he had never been Mm. born. I don't know if Eliphaz thinks he's going to encourage Job or or what he's doing here, but let's look at what Eliphaz says. The first place where Almighty occurs is Job 5, and we're going to start reading at verse 7. For man is born for trouble as sparks fly upward. But as for me, I would seek God. And I would place my cause before God, who does great and unsearchable things, wonders without number. Now, that word wonders could be translated miracles. Mm. So notice that Eliphaz has in his mind the context is God's work in creation, all these miracles, the amazing creation that he's done. So again, who does great and unsearchable things, wonders without number. Verse 10, he gives rain on the earth and sends water on the fields. Then move forward to verse 17, and here's where Shaddai occurs. Behold, how happy is the man whom God reproves, so do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. (laughs) Now, (laughs) I don't mean to take this lightly, but here is Job scraping his wounds. He's lost everything. And even though when we step back and look at this logically, we look at this in a disciplined fashion, we can agree with this. Exactly. Happy is the man whom God reproves. But saying this to Job at this (laughs) point— The timing is bad. (laughs) There's a right and a wrong time to say things, you know? And he's telling Job, oh, you should be happy
0: that this has happened. It's kind of like citing all things come together for the good of those who love God when somebody's relative just died or something like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, there are times to encourage people this way, and there are times not to. So anyway, that's what Eliphaz says. (laughs) And how does Job respond? Well, he says a few things. But then when we get to Job chapter 6, verse 4— he says, for the arrows of the Almighty are mm. within me. So we see that Job knows he's being disciplined, and he knows who's doing it, and he knows that the one who is doing this can't be stopped. Mm. There's no redress with God in the sense that if he's going to do something, what can I possibly do to stop him? The arrows of Shaddai. arrows of Shaddai are within me. Their poison my spirit drinks. The terrors of God are arrayed against me. And then a few verses later, we see Job again is essentially wishing for death. He wishes that he wouldn't have to go through this suffering. He wishes that God would just end it for him. So, in verse 9 of chapter 6, would that God were willing to crush me, that he would loose his hand and cut me off. That's Hmm. his way of saying, I wish he'd just let me die. Then in verse 10, but it is still my consolation, and I rejoice in unsparing pain that I have not denied the words of the Holy One. Wow. So he's pointing out that he has not done anything to uh, curse God through this. And essentially, really, what he's also saying is. He's not done anything that he thinks deserves the Mm. treatment that he's getting. And so he's saying, it's my consolation. It's not that I deserve this. I don't know why God is doing this to me, but at least I don't deserve it. I mean, that's really the claim. And that's the claim that Eliphaz and Bildad and Zophar, and we're going to be looking at these other friends' responses to him as well, are saying, Job, you can't be right. You Mm. do deserve (laughs) this. Some way, some fashion, you do deserve this. Then Job goes on in verse 11, What is my strength that I should wait, or that is hope? What is my end that I should endure? Is my strength the strength of stones, or is my flesh bronze? He's saying, how can I continue to endure this? I just wish it was over. This is then what he says. Is it that my help is not within me, and that deliverance is driven from me? For the despairing man, there should be kindness from his friend, (laughs) lest he forsake the fear of the Almighty. My brothers have acted deceitfully like a wadi, like the torrents of the wadis, which vanish. Let me point out that a wadi is a stream that a lot of times is dry and then it flows. And he's basically saying that his friends are like Wadi's, They help and then they don't help. <laughs> They're really not encouraging him at all. And he's pointing out that, you know, if you would help me, it would encourage me not to deny God. And I would continue to fear God. But the way you guys are treating me, it's almost as though you're encouraging me to just give up. And, of course, he's given up, that is, he despairs of life, but he's not given up on fearing God and treating God the way he should. So then Job continues to lament what is this helpless situation that he faces. And in chapter 7, verse 16, Job is actually speaking directly to God. He says, "'I waste away. I will not live forever. Leave me alone, for my days are but a breath.'" What is man, that thou dost magnify him, and that thou art concerned about him, that thou dost examine him every morning and try him every moment? Wilt thou never turn thy gaze away from me? Now, Scott, we're talking about Job's response to God and his lamenting, you know, this discipline that he's facing. But is there any verse in there that
0: sounds familiar to you? Verse 17, what is man that thou dost magnify him and that thou art concerned about him? Isn't one of the Psalms, doesn't it say something like, what is man that you are mindful of him?
1: Yeah, well, that verse that you're mentioning in the Psalms is David's Psalm, Uh chapter 8 of Psalms. And the interesting context of that is David is thinking about God as creator. And he's thinking about this amazing, powerful, omniscient, almighty creator God, and yet he's amazed, and it's a positive response on (laughs) David's part, that God would have any thought towards him. Let's read Psalm chapter 8 and verse 3. David says, "'When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained,' What is man that thou dost take thought of him and the son of man that thou dost care for him? That's almost like quoting right out of Job. You know, sometimes we don't realize (laughs) that those Old Testament saints had portions of the Bible already, and they're quoting the Bible just like we quote the Bible. So here, I really think that we should understand David is quoting Job. But it's interesting that when David is quoting Job, the context of Job's words are not the same kind of context, or maybe better put, the same mindset Mm. that Job had when he was saying these things. I mean, Job is saying, why do you pay attention to me? Leave me alone. (laughs) But that's not David's thoughts at all. He's saying, what is man that thou dost take thought of him, and the son of man that thou dost care for him? Yet thou hast made him a little lower than God, and dost crown him with glory and majesty." So where Job is saying, Almighty, I wish you would leave me alone. Take your hand away from me. David is saying, Almighty, how in the world do you pay any attention to me? Do you care about me? You know, we have different reactions to God's relationship to us based on our circumstances. And so I think this should be a comfort to those of us who look up at the stars and are amazed at how wonderful God is, or look at our situation and we're in agony, we're Mm -hmm. in despair, we're sorrowing, and we look at God and go, how could you do this to me? In either response, if we have a relationship with God, this shows that, you know, there are different ways to respond to God, and it's okay, because like with any other person, we have different reactions to our relationship with that person based on our circumstances. The important thing to point out is that we have a relationship with God, and that is special. That is wonderful. There's nothing that can replace that. So then finally, Job says in answer to Eliphaz's advice, which was basically, you know, go to God, repent, confess your wrong and everything will be made right. Job then finally says, and again, remember, he's still talking to God. In verse 21 of chapter 7, he says, Why then dost thou not pardon my transgression and take away my iniquity? For now I will lie down in the dust and thou wilt seek me, but I will not be. Job is, again, just saying that, All that he can hope for is that God will pardon his transgression because he knows that there's nothing he can do to remove his own iniquity. And so for some, the fact that God pays attention to them is a true blessing because they know they're forgiven. But for those who do not know the forgiveness of God through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, and they're placing their trust in him, The fact that God pays attention to them is a terrifying thing. Mm. So here's a question, and it's good for us to all ask ourselves this. What is man that thou dost magnify him and that thou art concerned about him? And that's not what I say. That's what Scripture says.